So welcome everybody to episode 34. It's the end of the year. 2022 was a wild ride. Was it not, Kirill? I love that intro. It's so like, <laughs> welcome guys. It's <laughs> It's been such a wild ride. Like, oh my God, so many stories. <laughs> Dude, can you believe like the last time we recorded an episode was back in March? That we did one solo one? Started sprinkling them. We started sprinkling them over like the course of like several months. <laughs> exactly well it it's because we got really busy with work this year right essentially we started doing the podcast when it was a little bit quieter uh or at least after we did this one major project in january we recorded probably what 15 20 episodes and then what's 33 minus 14 (laughs) 19 (laughs) (laughs) 19 episodes then yeah so this is this is 20th. now technically this is now technically the twentieth episode, and it is the last episode of the year that we're recording right before the holiday break. So, happy holidays, everyone! And <laughs> happy holidays to you, Carol. So today we're going to be talking about two different things. Firstly, how twenty twenty two went for us as a business, and what we're planning to do in the new year. You know, up until now we've basically just been interviewing a lot of different production companies, but we haven't really talked so much about us. <laughs> On the podcast yet yeah, until the bit. first until the first episodes that we really did remember or at least the first few we're planning on changing that going forward so we'll do more more solo episodes in yeah. 2023 <laughs> just so we could get a little bit better at this as well we're so good when we have other guests on but when we're on it's like we're it's rusty like two friends. it's been a it's been a couple of months. We're rusty, you know, but we'll get into it. We have like 52 episodes planned for 23, one a week. Yep. Uh, if someone flops out on one of the given weeks, we're going to do a solo one then. Or if we just want to... We'll plan to do know, solo ones. We'll plan to do solo ones either way because I think it's ones. necessary. I think it's good to have an equal balance of solo and guest episodes. This way we can also talk about more specific topics because up until now with our podcast, we've been interviewing companies, hearing their stories, which is great. But I think what we need to also start doing is picking out different topics that are being shared on the podcast and kind of diving more into depth and kind of having a little bit of a discussion, maybe even a debate here and there, right? Um, And there were a lot of different uh, topics that we ended up covering with guests this year. What was like one of your favorite uh, uh, things that we kind of learned from the show? Oh, man, I didn't prep for that. Oh, you're just throwing that curveball on me. I don't know. We we talked about so many things. I thought we were going to focus more so on us. Now you want to go into what we learned. We are. This, we are. Is, this, a, is, this is the icebreaker. This is the icebreaker. Test at me right off the bat. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, one that we've been putting a lot to use is uh, improving your system processes. So we we kind of just been fine-tuning the, uh, the, the machine that is Lapse Productions. Uh, I think halfway through the year, we just kind of looked at everything and started to say, hey, you know what, what is like, what is our, what is a, 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 our procedure for like, say, client intake, for pre-production, for production, for post, like uh, the sales, whatnot, we just kind of started looking into everything and fine tuning it. And just creating like a set of procedures to implement for each thing. And obviously, like, it's developing as we go along. Um that I would say was the most important takeaway yeah. out of all the guests that we've had. Yeah, essentially, it was more so getting from uh, from the sale to finishing the delivery, finishing the video, and delivering it to the client. 
what did that look like? And we essentially had to put it all in specific detail, how we would do each step of the process. And the next step was actually communicating that to our clients, because I feel a lot of, a lot of companies, or at least when you're starting out, not everyone walks a client through the entire process of how a video is typically created. And I think one of the things that kind of helped us get started with that also was creating a lot of those blog series videos last year, just to kind of get us to also define it ourselves, see what's a good way to explain it. And then from that, we were able to figure out how to properly communicate it to our clients. A little bit, a little bit. That just really focused on very basic things. I think what, what really helped us was creating the checklist for ourselves yeah. and for our clients especially. So kind of explaining, hey, you know, we're, we're, this, is, this is how we do things, you know, and this is a <laughs> checklist and we want to make sure that you guys are all on board for, for each step of the video process, right? So we're now moving into like, you know, even when you're closing off uh, at the end of your sales funnel, you could say like, hey, this is, when you're in your summary meeting, you could say, hey, this is like our, our process for how we create our videos. You know, we just did the intro call. We did like the, the, the briefing calls, whatever you will have in your process. And now we're on the summary, uh, summary section. Like this is what we're doing. This is what we're gonna be doing with you guys. And then once we move into that section, it's gonna be like this. It's stuff like that that makes a big difference because once you, until you define it, it's kind of up in the air, right? You're kind of going. You're by. kind of guessing. You're going through yeah. the motion, and then you're at the mercy of how your client works as well. Having a very clear system and approach for how you work and how you deliver the best quality work is actually much better for the client because that helps set expectations for them. If you don't have a clear process, how is a client supposed to? explain when they're going to get a certain deliverable. So say yeah. they need a video within three weeks. What is our process typically like? How can we accommodate that particular delivery than just saying, yeah, we'll get you a video by that time, but when do you do the pre-production? When do you shoot it? When do you deliver the first draft, the second draft, and then the final draft? It, or, even what those things or even what those things entail. But, but exactly. okay, so that's one of them. What, what, did you, what was your biggest takeaway? The one biggest takeaway was that when you get into the process of creating a video, uh, it really showcase, it really can highlight things that are missing within a, a business. And that can help you really find good leads versus bad leads. So when that a client- That was from a guest episode? That was from one of our guest episodes, actually. Which one? And I believe this one was with, uh, where was this? I think this was a discussion with Judah from Black and White Media where it was specifically that video can be the gateway to real problems in a business. And oh, that, okay. Yeah. And what I liked about that is, and I noticed this even with some leads that would come in and they would be asking us to create video projects for them. And then you and I started asking very specific questions like, what is the purpose of the video? What are the key messages? What do you want people to do when they see this video? Who is your target market? If these simple questions aren't being answered by the lead, then this is there's nothing you could really do for them at this point because they don't know what they want at this point. Yeah. And you can actually use that to showcase your, uh, not really superiority, but your, 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 uh, expertise, expertise. in that situation. Yeah. Like we did that recently with a project where they came in and they wanted to do stuff ahead of time. They're still waiting on stuff from their creative agency. And I think after the second call, I'm like, guys, I don't think, I don't think you guys are ready for video. I think it's way too early. I don't think I should be brought on just yet. And just <clears throat> because of that, like they were super interested in 
like locking us in for the project that I, th- I thought that was pretty interesting but it's also uh it also is is important to know like if your if your lead doesn't know that information like you might have to you know stop wasting your time with them or just let them know it's like hey listen i don't think you're ready yet come back when you are or if you really want to do it go with someone else Exactly. And this is why you have to be very specific about your process where you need to know, say, for your business, five particular questions need to be answered before you can even get into creating the video. Having that clear process helps make your life a lot easier and just makes it easier for your client ultimately at the end. Because if it's easier for you, it's easier for them. Essentially, they're coming to you because they need an expert. They shouldn't be managing it themselves. That You should be the one managing the project at that point. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there because, I mean, you could turn that into like, oh, it's part of a red flag uh, criteria that you should have. You know, like if they don't know these things, then that's a red flag for you. Um, or you could turn that into an opportunity as well to showcase your expertise or I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you start starting... a set of like things that you should be on the lookout for, maybe to ask them to help them come to an answer like for that lead, for example, they didn't really have like the objectives, the metrics they were going to check. They were probably three other uh, things on that list, but that could be like a series of things that you now look out for whenever you're doing a project. It's like, okay, what are your objectives? How are you going to track this? What's the purpose behind it? And if you were essentially a yes company and said, okay, no problem. We'll still help you make a video. You're doing a disservice to them if you do that, which a lot of companies are eager to do uh, when they're starting out because obviously you're trying to find work as much as possible. But if if a client comes to you not knowing what they want, and you just say yes to whatever request they do, the end product won't do your client justice and it will leave a bad experience in the end for everyone. And that's not what you want. You know, the easiest way to understand that is to just think of yourself like a doctor. Yeah. When you're a doctor <laughs> and you have a patient come come to you, patient says, my back hurts. You don't say, okay, sure, here's some, here's some Vicodin. Have at it, boss. <laughs> or if they ask you for Vicodin. You know, like it in for my back pain. He doesn't say, sure, here you go. He says, no, let me check you out. And if the guy says, no, you're wrong, it's like, oh, (laughs) there's the door. (laughs) You know, that's why they have that saying that doctors make the worst patients. And I've also, I wonder if it's the same. It's like, would a video creator be the worst type of client technically? (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Probably not. But um, aside from that, one of the biggest things that we also did this year was relaunch the podcast because when we first started CGC, we started it in 2020 to just kind of get us out of that rut of not working for six months because of the pandemic. And then we learned a lot by doing that. And then in 2021, we basically just completely changed the business from, from the ground up. It really felt like we, we turned into a business in 2021. Yeah, that's at least the foundation. Like. The foundation was set in 2021. It felt like, okay, now we're a business. That's why I always think of 2021 yeah. as like year one for us. Even though we've one. been operating since like 2015, <laughs> it feels like 2021 was like, okay, now it's a business. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We don't tell clients that. We kind of keep that on the down low. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, we when you're starting uh, something new, you're not starting from square one. You're starting from square one with the experience. So you're never really starting from square one when you're revamping or relaunching something. Um, A few other things that we did in 2022, the biggest goal I think we had was figuring out if we could get consistent work to come in because that is the biggest challenge for every creator out there is knowing 
when your no, next job is No, I don't think we figured. I don't think fig- we figured it out. I think I just, never said. I never said we figured it out a hundred percent. I said that was said, a goal of ours. We were gonna. We we're gonna figure out how to. <laughs> I don't think we figured. Out, I think we just got lucky. Um, but it was because of stuff we did in 2021 and that we kind of kept doing in 2022, which yeah. was focusing on SEO, SEO and advertising. Right. That's essentially what we did, and. We had a pretty consistent stream of um, what do we call them? Inbound, inbound leads coming in. Inbound leads. We, yeah. we haven't done any outbound to date. I just I don't know how to I don't know how to do it. I don't even know I don't I don't know how effective it is. Like I think that to well, me is like I don't know. Well, when you're doing outbound, you're getting into the sales category where you're essentially calling hundreds of businesses trying to figure out if they're looking for video or anything at this point, right? You don't typically, to your previous point, doctors don't exactly knock on the doors of houses saying, hey, do you have a broken arm? Do you need a brain surgery or anything like that? No, they're at the hospital waiting for the people with problems to come to them. And that is essentially what we're, we're kind of, we, that's essentially what we've set ourselves up as, as a business. We solve problems with video. So if a business is needing a specific problem, they recognize that and in a way that qualifies them as leads already when they're coming to us because they already recognize that they have a business challenge. When you're doing outbound, you have to call a business, ask them 10 questions to figure out what could potentially be that problem. Then you have to really convince them that that's the problem. Well, it's just a numbers game at that point. Who was it that does outbound uh, V strategies? I know by the booth has uh, their sales guy, James. Uh, but I, I don't know, like for video, like I guess those guys make those guys make it work, but it has to be a numbers game at that point, right? Like you need to have someone that's just dedicated to that 24-7. Otherwise, like you won't be able to focus on running the business and doing sales at the same time, right? I'm of the belief that it all depends on your business model and what works for you. Some businesses can thrive really well on outbound leads because of the types of videos or content that they produce, the kind of resources or team members that they have, whereas other businesses, it doesn't work for them necessarily, right? When it's sometimes smaller smaller teams, it might be a little bit more difficult. And again, what works for one company does not work for any other company. And that is one of the big things we learned doing this podcast is that you can pick any guests on our show. If you try to replicate exactly everything that they did, you will not get the same result because you, as a business owner, are different. Well, you're not supposed to. I know, but, but that's what's interesting because a lot of people think, oh, if I do exactly what that company did, it'll work better. It'll, it'll work just the same for me. Not necessarily the case. The only times that'll ever work in life is if you want to become a lawyer, a doctor, or an engineer. Then you replicate what thousands or millions have done before you. Go to school, no. study hard. <laughs> you know, I wonder though if if it's a little different though, because at the same time you're still competing with all those other lawyers. Especially if you're being a lawyer, I, I would say it, you're basically operating almost as a business. You're still going to be competing with everyone. You're basically studying for years to end up at the exact same place as everyone else is starting from be square smart. one. As long, as long as you're smart, you'll figure it out in that situation. <laughs> or in any situation, let's be honest. <laughs> um, okay, so what else did we do this year? Uh, we did the SEO and advertising. We had the inbound stuff coming in. Um, oh, we started paying ourselves consistently. That was new. Every that's month a, that's, we sent that's ourselves a, nice thing. a salary. Yeah, that was nice. 
Yeah, for eight years, Laps was the was the baby that just kept sucking money out of us and never paying us anything. <laughs> <laughs> like but a, once you start treating it like a business, it actually it actually is done properly. What do you call those people like a squatter that just won't leave and won't pay? <laughs> <laughs> Laps was the squatter we never knew we had. <laughs> but that was nice. Uh, it did. It did. Like mentally, it was reassuring, and also yeah. it it kind of felt like okay. Um, you're like a line item in a way, so it has to be done no matter what. That was nice. Damn, Kirill and Dario, some major expenses for this business. <laughs> yeah, and now we're and now we're incorporating at the end of this month, so we have to keep it consistently because now we got to do yep. we got to issue T fours and everything and all that jazz, which will be interesting. Um, we also upgraded a ton of our gear. That's yeah. that was new this year. Spent a good amount of change on that. Well, I feel like everyone is always upgrading their gear. But we did a lot one, this year. <laughs> the one different thing that we did was we were upgrading things that were actually necessary. Sometimes I feel a lot of businesses, they, or at least even freelancers, they upgrade their gear in things that they want or think that they need, but don't actually need. And we were kind of doing it as we went or trying to anticipate needs. It's like, hey, we're doing more and more projects like these. We need to have X, Y, and Z pieces of equipment to help us execute it. Let's get that, you know? getting a new cart, getting new lighting equipment, uh, not necessarily upgrading cameras every year, like a, a lot of businesses typically tend to do. Get what you need, get started. Same with lenses, things like that. Well, you know what a lot of businesses do, like a lot of guests that come on, they don't really own a lot of their stuff. They'll just use freelancers, right? Which we're kind of shifting towards doing now, where um, we started using bigger crews on our projects. We started yeah. uh, hiring more freelancers for key positions, which I think is yeah. important to note because normally we would do a lot of the cinematography. And if you had to step in as a gaff or grip, you kind of did that too. Or second cam op versus now, like we're we're higher, like we're focusing more so on the producing, directing, and trying to test out more cinematographers just so we know who's good for what type of project and whatnot. So. That was a big change. So crew management has been a new thing. Yeah. Um, that's That's been a big shift compared to the past. And instituting an etiquette. And that has been a big thing that we learned this year is that you have to, you have to institute an etiquette on set that everyone can kind of follow. Because you're working with different freelancers, everyone works a little bit differently, but you have to figure out what system you are operating on set or even just working uh, as a team in general. And you kind of figure that out when you're hiring people, but it's important to also remind people at times because some people, they work a certain way. You don't know what's normal for them on other projects they've worked on. They don't know what's normal for projects that you work on. So you have to communicate that. Yeah, even something as simple, and we'll give some examples. Like, uh, you know, we're in the corporate world, so like, just even having a policy of like, listen, you come on our set, just wear all black, like no graphics on your T-shirt, something like that does go to, go a long way. Because, again, you're in an office environment. There's people there that are, you know, they wear a suit or dress every day. Like uh, it's, they're not used to seeing people in casual clothes that often there. Yeah. So you want to give off like a pretty good impression. Uh, yeah. Actually, it's funny because we wear all black. <laughs> on set we all wear all black Every, i've actually it's heard a lot of people saying i've had a, i've heard a lot of people say like oh everyone's wearing all black is that like your uniform 
It's like, yeah, it's the universal uniform of our industry at this point, right? Yeah, it's just so like if there's a reflection, no one's popping up, you know, we're bright yellow. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, that is a major one, um, dress dress code. And uh, uh, the other thing would be, uh, you know, phone policy, like, listen. Turn, unless put it away, put it away. I feel like unless... a teacher sometimes, but it's like you tell them I had it. Like, look, if you're on set, like, unless it's a BTS picture, yeah, put it away, please, because people yeah. will look and they'll go, "Why is that guy even here?" You know. Yeah. And we're saying this because we did have one incident where that this did happen, and it kind of like opened our eyes to this side of production. Because again, we're used to Carol and me, and maybe like a PA coming out helping us out. Yeah. Now we have bigger teams and everything, so. You know, sometimes you bring on people that are used to dealing or working in like film or TV type of environments. So like, for example, like they'll just, you know, for like a gaffer or a grip, they might set up the shot and then kind of go on their phone after it's set up. But the thing is, we're dealing in like corporate video production where yeah. you kind of need everyone to still be involved after they set up. It's not it's not like you're making a movie where you do have to step outside just because you otherwise you would be interfering with the, the chain of yeah. command because it's pretty hierarchical on those type of sets and environments but with what, we, with what we do it's different right like you still need to be involved like again we're dealing with types of shoots where sometimes it's very uh, fast-paced and running guns so like look if you set if you're a gaffer for example you set up the shot like stay there keep looking because you know uh if kirill or i are producer slash director we're focusing on a couple of variables at the same time yeah DP's focusing on something else, audio's focusing on something else, PA's focusing on something else, that, or they might not even know. So, like, you kind of still yeah. have to be involved and, like, say, hey, you know what? Uh, hold on, guys. I need to fix that light quickly. Something like that. But anyways, that's yeah. just something. Because sometimes you notice, if you're if you're paying attention, you also notice things that you wouldn't if you set it up and then leave, right? Yeah. Uh, even, like, if sometimes you're setting up for a shot, it looks it looks great when you set it up, but if you walked away, then something changed where you didn't notice it, you know, then the whole thing kind of shifts at that point. Whereas if you're there keeping an eye out, it's like, oh, something changed. Let me make this little adjustment or, or whatever it might be. It's, I feel, it's I feel all like mixed. I feel like we're, we're, it's almost like we're trying to explain this to like, like a future crew member. But I guess for the listeners out there, it's more so keep an eye on your crews. Let them know the on-site etiquette. So again, like have like yeah. a dress code policy. That'll help you guys out. Less thinking. Once you have that, it's like, hey, listen, everyone just wear all black or whatever, whatever you want to decide. Even if it's casual, it's like just basic, nothing too bright. And then I guess make sure you let them know, hey, listen, like no phones and please be involved the whole time. Because again, I'm running, doing 50 different things. I yeah. need you to kind of focus on this. Obviously, when you get into bigger projects, you probably won't run into this because your your crew will become hierarchical. Like again, if you're dealing with project with like 50 people, then like it's kind of like, organizationally structured in a way where everyone has a specific role right but for projects yeah. like what we do what most of us do where it's five to ten crew members max everyone kind of needs to be involved the whole time <laughs> yeah well every everyone is it's meant to be a cohesive unit and you're trying to make the shoot move efficiently right that's the whole point and this i feel like this is these are rules that can apply whether you're a small project or even a big project it it all depends but Everything is also unique to your situation. See what process, etiquette, and rules you wanna you wanna institute that will help 
move your projects forward. What works for one company may not necessarily work for another one, as we mentioned before. But these are just some things that we've noticed, at least for us on our shoots. But, you know, that leads into crews again. Um, you know, we are kind of, uh, we've planted the seeds in our mind for bringing on like uh, full-time employees or even part-time at the moment. And man, like when we actually sat down and did the numbers, it's actually crazy how expensive that can get. Like, I, I don't know how other people are doing it. Like that scares the hell out of me. Cause it's like, okay, for example, if you want to bring on, like, we've been talking about editors for a while, right? So, okay. I actually spoke to one of our editors. I was actually curious to, to see how much something like that would cost. And like, a junior is going to cost you anywhere from 50 to 65 and then a senior close to 80 to 85, 90 if you want, if they're really good and you want to keep them happy, yeah. right? Because cost of living in Canada, let's face it, is is uh, pretty expensive. Even but though... but <laughs> editors, they have the luxury of living anywhere at this point. That's true. That's true. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I didn't think yeah. about that. Because one editor that uh, we've uh, reached out to lives, uh, where is it? Like like by St. Catharines even, I, I believe. And I was thinking you could do even like US based or like someone in Europe or whatnot. Well, I remember by the booth was telling us that they have animators all over the world doing projects for them. And uh, one interesting thing is like sometimes they would be finishing up a project uh, in their hours and then they would go to sleep and then the other editors would be like picking up and continuing to work on the other side of the world in their normal that's a, hours. That's a good way to, that's, that's a really good way to do it. But for us, like, you know, we're, we're thinking about bringing people on and just the cost is, it's pretty high, man. Like it's, it's actually wild when, you know, Kiro and I actually laugh because some, you know, sometimes we check out other people's websites and they'll have like 20 people on it. And we know that that's not actually like how big their team is. And it makes us laugh because it's like, okay, if you actually had that many people, You'd have two million just in costs. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Once like, you start just, breaking just it down, the numbers, costs. just salary costs. It's like, yeah, you got like a million just in salary costs, buddy. You're not that big. Like, it's just funny to see sometimes when we see yeah. something like that, especially now that we are looking at like you know hiring someone. But I think right now what we're thinking of is um, maybe like having someone that's starting out as like a PA and hiring them as a part time role, and then having like mentoring them to grow into like a bigger bigger role that's kind of our goal right now but i, I would love to have a, uh like an uh, an editor on board but again it depends on the projects the amount of projects we're getting yeah. like luckily it's been consistent but if we just uh keep if it's if it remains consistent remains consistent and it increases by like a couple more projects a month then i think yeah. it'll be easy it'd be easy essentially to do. essentially the goal is to get our first hire in 2023 it's yeah. not a super ambitious goal but for any company that is fairly small and is looking to try to scale the going step. from i've heard like uh, one one thing that i remember was mentioned on one of the podcast episodes is that going from one person to two people is in, is very difficult going from two to three hard but easier but it gets a little bit easier as the team grows when you think about it right and so once we get that first hire, then we can move on to the next, then to the next. And who knows? Sometimes uh, the point of bringing on talent and other people onto your team is to bring in their skill sets, their experience, and their drive because you can't do everything yourself. And that, that's one of the things that you and I figured out this year is that we're, we've been so used to doing everything, just you and me, for so many years that now even if we bring in someone to just even help move a bag, it's like... He's the Messiah. <laughs> oh, another thing we did this year is we got ourselves a storage locker. 
yeah, that was that. That's what we'll say. Much is like labs. Oh my god! You know what's funny is that we were basically storing gear half at mine, half at his, Ugh. and then once we got the storage locker and put everything in there, we looked at the final image of of all the gear set we'll up. We'll post it. We'll ourselves, post it. And, we're th- and I was thinking to myself, how on earth were we storing all this <laughs> in our places? Like I was trying to think. I'm like, how did we do it? <laughs> Granted, we did buy a lot of things this year to kind of make it a little bit more unbearable. I, I, I like but... that the storage locker has been amazing because, like, after a shoot, we just go and we unpack it there, and it's just so nice. Like, there's it's something with about that. It's just like away from home, so you don't have to think about it when you get home. All you have to do is just bring the camera bag inside, and that's it. But oh, that was much yeah. needed. We should have done that like a couple of years ago, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, also with the pandemic, we didn't really have money to burn just on storing gear <laughs> everywhere, right? <laughs> but anyway, like amongst a lot of other things, like that's most of what some of the major things that happened for the LAPS team in 2022. And now I feel like this year we learned a lot and it's got us thinking about what we're going to be doing more so in 2023. And one of the things we already mentioned was getting our first hire continuing to uh, improve our SEO and our inbound leads generation. We've got to keep improving that, keep working on it. It's never something where it's like you're done, you're ready to yeah, go. Yeah, like our, and- our goal with that is basically we're just going to keep doing what we did with it. Like, I guess just focus, like, I mean, SEO is pretty easy. It's just very time consuming, which sucks, but it's very easy to do. Um, so our plan for that is just keep pumping out like good blog posts, uh we did a lot of the technical stuff i guess just put more money into advertising maybe improve our google adwords maybe improve like our google adwords uh and then i guess i want i want us to do a lot more content marketing like i mean like we have like we have the podcast which we we're kind of we're we're in the middle of just separating entirely from our our lapse branding it's kind of becoming its own thing um for that like you know we're planning an episode a week which is pretty ambitious but i think it's doable and we already have like it's december 21st right now and we currently have one guest a week from the first week of january all the way to the third week of february and we're planning all of canada this coming year like we're going to get all the provinces connected uh and then after that none of it let's go I wonder if they have someone up there. Oh, I'm, I'm sure there are. I'm I sure even there th- are. I didn't even think about that because I was going based on yep. population sizes. There's And the thing I, they learned... didn't even pop up. There's probably like three cats up there. Yeah, but those three cats are doing all the business, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> they shoot for the other two people that live there. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, we have, we're planning to uh, do all of Canada, at least, just so we get that out. So just so we can, you know, Canada first, you know, I got to represent as they say uh and then we're going to move on to the colonies and then maybe uh europe and whoever else can speak uh uh, english and other countries because i'll be cool hey guys listen we're at the end of the the episode right now again we're promising to keep these things short that's why we're also speaking a lot faster and we're cutting off each other just because otherwise we'll ramble on and on (laughs) Uh, actually i think this was pretty good this was pretty good uh so guys listen um we'll try to pump this out before the new year but kind of unlikely kind of unlikely i'm not gonna lie uh we might uh in which case uh happy new years and happy post uh, uh christmas or whatever you celebrate happy holidays uh if it's after the new year well we all wish you a uh great start to 2023 
Um, yeah. If you're listening to this and you haven't come on the show as a guest, please do so. If you have any questions you want us to ask future guests, let us know directly or comment it down below or wherever. Uh, we're pretty easy to get a hold of. You just or if you even have signal, any questions, put the CGC logo into in the spotlight into the sky, and we kind of just appear with our cameras. <laughs> we appear with, with our camera <laughs> with the microphone. Some, somebody called. <laughs> And, uh, I wonder yeah, what the CGC other... man would look like. <laughs> <laughs> it would not be pretty. <laughs> There's a reason he's behind the camera. <laughs> okay, listen. Uh, anything else you want to add before we uh, tail end this? I think that's a. I think that's a good start. Let's let's just keep keep aiming to to do good work. Cool. All right. Thank you guys. We'll see you in the new year, or or we'll we'll be in the new year with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take care. <laughs>